Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Retro Podcast, where Josh and Adrian talk about the various marketing topics that are on their minds. Josh, what is on your mind this week? So, Adrian, we recently released the episode about Meet Josh and Adrian, talked a bit about of our, our origin story, and it yes. made me curious on to exactly how more of that had transpired. So I went digging through my email yeah. and found this email that unbeknownst to, I think, either of us uh, at the time when we recorded uh, that first episode was there's this whole uh, email chain about us like having a discussion. And it sounded like we actually talked on the phone and there was a reply and there was like a, hey, that sounds good. This may not work right now, but let's circle back. And I think I threw that back at you to leave it in your corners. So yeah. Yeah. And so there, there is more to the story. And just as a preface, a preface to the whole thing, um, you know, we, we talk about growth, right? We all have to grow. So for everyone's reference and, and to kind of refresh our memory, this was what, five years, 2018, Josh, I think that's when it was. Mm-hmm. Something um, like that. Yeah. Many years ago when Adrian was a baby marketer, a baby freelance writer. Um, but yeah, what we want to talk about though is the value of the follow-up, right? Because we had that whole fo- we had the call, and then you said chat later. And so I think I can remember. This is what I actually do really remember about that conversation is I made a mistake in that first email, and something that I had corrected you. I there was something that went wrong, um, and I. The internal story I was telling myself was, this isn't going to work out. Like, I've messed up so big, it can't be overcome. And I, I, I did not even remember the fact that we had a call and then follow-up meetings. So that's really interesting that the internal story I had, like, even overshadowed the reality of this situation. Yeah, it's, it's it, yeah, thank you. It- Either you thought I was brushing you off or that it was like, oh, yeah, he's just being nice and saying should follow up later and leaving it open ended. But that just made it a nice way to kind of just like bow out if it wasn't a good fit. Right, exactly. And so I think what I have learned most definitely since that time is that follow ups are gracious and helpful as someone who hires people and wants to, um, you know, engage with contractors would love it. You know, when people like we've, we've had conversations, but there's so much going on on your plate, right? You kind of get, I get pulled and distracted into, um, the fires that are happening now, right? Like it doesn't mean that I'm, I don't still want to do the thing that I talked to someone about recently. Um, it, it helps me when people follow up with me. So as soon as I had hired someone and had someone follow up with me and I was thankful for the follow-up for someone to come in my inbox and go, Hey, remember we talked about this. I know things are crazy, but like, I just wanted to bump this back up. I was like, Oh yeah, that is something I want to do. That was really important to me. Let's get this going. And like, sometimes it's taken three or four follow-ups. As soon as I experienced that from like the, the buyer's side, and it was actually a helpful situation, I realized how important and precious a good follow-up is. So, I mean, like, tell me a little bit more on your side, because there can be two sides of the story. Some people hate a follow-up when it's obnoxious mm-hmm. and annoying, and then I find them very um, helpful. So what are your thoughts on that, Josh? Um, so I don't know how anyone else does it, because I've always 
been on this side of the fence because I haven't done as much outbound and some things. Or when I have done things, it's usually because it came inbound to me. Um, So then Mm -hmm. I guess you already feel like you're already at a certain level of the relationship and I can be more candid and direct. And maybe that's just me, but I'm always trying to be candid and direct with any of these. So like, I won't, um, like I won't engage or I'll try to, I'll try to be very direct with a person that I'm working with. Like I won't say, Hey, yeah, talk to me later or bring the, you know, tell me again in six months. Like I won't say that flippantly and not like as a brush off. I'll sometimes I'll even just say, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think, you know, this, this works or this works right now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting because on the other side, I've also found when people haven't followed up and that is like a signal is you sort of toss it in there. Just like, well, let's see if they, it's like, I'm interested enough, but let's yeah. just see if they step through or they come back in six months and like, this is meaningful to them as well. Or they did feel like there was something there and, it just wasn't the right time because timing is everything right. on, on, on this side of the fence. It's, you know, you're dealing with a million different things. I think like we all are, but when you are, I would say being hunted, <laughs> it depends mm-hmm. on what you're, what you're doing, right. When you're, when you're hunting, that's, that's, that is your activity at that point in time. And you are looking for that, but there are these, you know, potential hooks to be followed up. Um, I've worked with plenty of consultant outreach. And sometimes I've been surprised when they hadn't followed up at all. And again, maybe it's because they, they thought it wasn't a good fit. Um, but, or maybe a lot of people do kind of, you know, blow smoke, so to speak. And that is a norm and they do view that as a, a a reason to kind of drop off. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually created now a system for following up because I realized that especially when I'm busy, when I'm busy doing projects and things like that, because I didn't follow up or follow through, um, I lost a lot of deals, a lot of money because I was so focused on like getting the work that I was currently doing done. And so because of that, I was like, all right, I need a system so that I'm not letting tens of thousands of dollars just kind of fall through the cracks because I'm not following up on emails. So I created, um, I use a tool is escaping me right now what the name is, but it's just an email software tool, third party, and it lets me remind. So when I'm in the email, I'll say, hey, remind me in three weeks. And not only Mm -hmm. will I remind myself, but I'll say in the email, if I don't hear from you by X, I'll follow up. So now they know, okay, she's going to send me another email. So when I do send another email, it's not invasive. It's not like feeling overwhelming or scammy. It's very much like, oh, she said she was going to do this and she did. So it's no surprise this email is now in my inbox. And it also gives them a signal to say, hey, if it's not a good fit, if you really are in a no of making a decision, go ahead and let me know that. Like there's no reason to ghost. There's no reason to like, because I'm just going to keep following up with you if I don't hear anything, Um, because I'm going to assume we left the call at an open-ended spot. We left it in a good place. So I'm going to assume you're still where you're at. Um, unless you let me know otherwise, you know, so things are just kind of, you're busy, there are distractions. I've had people come back and be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I've had a huge family tragedy going on the last two months. I'm like, you don't ever, ever know what's going on in people's lives. And I never want to make the assumption that, you know, I'm the center of anyone's life because I'm not. Um, And so 
having that system in place has really been beneficial and it's very transparent. It's like, I will follow up with you and this is the date that's going to happen. And then my remind app says, Hey, don't forget to send them an email. And that day I shoot them an email. Hey, and I, uh, Josh Garofalo once said, and it really alleviated a lot of stress and a follow up. He was like, so many people are trying to create these crazy long emails and be so entertaining and so engaging in a follow up when it really can just be like, Hey, just following up on this. Where are you at? Like, it doesn't have to be complex. Um, and I think some, like, that was one of the things I was afraid of. I was afraid I was going to be a bother. And I was afraid that I wasn't, like, quote unquote, providing value in a follow up at the very beginning. Like, there was once formula I read where you had to follow up once and then follow up twice with, like, hey, here's an interesting article that made me think of you. And then the third follow up was, like, hey, here's a discount or, like, whatever the thing was. It had this huge, um, like, six or seven series follow-up in each email provided quote-unquote value. Um, and I've kind of let go of that. I'm just like, hey, I just want to see where you're at on this. And that's it. Yeah, and it's, I, I, it's I love that. Yeah, I love that because I love your approach on just also just saying when you're going to follow up next because that does leave the door open for them to be like, actually, that's okay. Or actually, let's make that six months because it's really busy right now. I'm just totally punting on that till the quarter after next, whatever. So, yeah. um, and, and you've set that expectation and if they, at the worst, it's sort of like you, you default into that. I said what I was going to do and I did what I said, <laughs> so to speak. And um, no, I think that's great. I think what's interesting in all of these is where I think there's times where it can go wrong, right? Like that you talked about that article and you talk about, you see it in outbound all the time and you see these, replies and just following up and sometimes they get weird where at the end they're like uh they start to be like uh you know they'll say something like are you just ignoring me now or they i know they think they're being funny but it's almost especially when it's totally cold and you haven't responded to any and you get those re-reply re-follow up what's even funnier is when i see like probably from some playbook or template and you see like the same subject lines in multiple outreach and it's just like oh i guess my list just got sold to somebody my email <laughs> i'm on somebody's uh-huh. email list and they're following the same system and playbook and it's funny on this side seeing those types of things but yeah. those are the follow-ups where i'm just like most of the time i'm actually now i'm really probably overly thinking the algorithm and i was like i don't even want to reply so that they know i have Like Mm -hmm. now it's just like, if I reply with anything, even just saying I'm not interested, sometimes it just like amps it up another level. And it's like, right. Cause now you're a working email address and now we know you're a person behind it. So now we're going to continue. Yeah. Right. But what what is interesting real quick. So there's a, um, on the, on the flip side, once you have, I think a conversation, once there's some discourse and then once there's that, it's a different ballgame. And I think it's right. like you've established what the person is at, like, you know what they're selling. There was enough interest to establish a rapport between the people. And after that, I think you know, the approach that you're making is perfect. And that's, that's really good. Where it can get a little further fetched is when it's sort of like the no means no. So sometimes yeah. I will say, no, thank you, or not at this time, or sorry, this isn't the right fit. And I had this happen fairly recently with a software, we were demoing the software, we had a pilot and we decided not to switch and move because it was just too much of a lift. And I explained it. I tried to be very cordial because I also feel like they've invested time in me and I want to give them 
some like meat and not just be like, stop responding or ghosting them. So I would, I replied back with a very thoughtful, like, Hey, this is why it doesn't make sense for us. Still love your software. Just isn't the right time for us to move. Plus some of the use cases that we're looking at, you know, the software we already have is pretty good at, and we really like, so it was very much a nice, like, no. Yeah. And, and I, and I got like two or three follow-up emails and it was mostly like, here's why you're wrong about that. And it's just like, I've already said no. Like, and now it's yeah. really sullied. Like, I don't want to have another conversation because you made it weird. Like you, I said mm-hmm. no, and you kept like pushing on the door or knocking down the thing. And and it that follow-up got weird. And now I like, in my brain, I was like, I don't know if I want to interact with that person again. So yeah. And they've also assumed they know more about the inner workings of your own business. Like they could have just said, Hey, Josh, thanks for that. Uh, you know, maybe in a year or two, we can see if we fit again, like something like that to preserve yeah. the relationship or, Hey, Josh, you know, we're so glad that you're excited about us. Here's a 10% referral code that if you want to share with a friend who might be a good fit or, right. you know, like something like that, there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, yeah, the awkward. And I totally agree. It's different coming from cold. And then obviously, like, I, we've talked about working together. You were interested. Let's do this thing. Um, and I, I have a very strong opinion on cold follow-ups, too. Um, I very recently started trying my hand at it on LinkedIn. And it's terrifying because it's just, you know, you just never know how things are going to go. I've got some automations, but it's all very, I'm not pitching a service. I'm asking for like, I'm trying to gather research essentially. So I'm asking for like quotes for articles, things like that. So I'm not selling. I'm just kind of connecting with people and trying to see if they'd be willing to help me gather research, answer a few questions. Um, And even following up for just that, I'm like two is as much as I want to do if they haven't answered me by like, hey, and then a follow up. It would just, it doesn't make sense to continue the conversation and like keep poking the bear when obviously the bear is hibernating. Like either they're mm-hmm. not using the platform or they're just really not interested. So, you know, it, it's, those are two totally different beasts, but uh, it, it's, it's hard to get the balance right. Yeah, no, totally is. And it's funny is the ones that I do think are interesting and most of the time that's what they can't control is the timing. Right. So Mm. I might think it's interesting and I might like, you know, start in my email to come look at later. But then if that one keeps following up aggressively more times that is out of scope, I like don't bother. Right. Like it's almost like now they've no cool. They actually did a really nice job with an intro email about what they do. It's just they can't control my timing and I don't want to have a 10 minute conversation this week. I'm sorry. (laughs) I have other priorities. I already know I'm going after this quarter. Um, But but I might flag it to go later and I might flag the first one. Um, but I also know I don't want to respond because then again, all of a sudden I'm getting a floodgate, but I kind of put, oh, that's pretty interesting. I'm going to bookmark that or do something with that later. But if that ends up stacking into like 10 replies, that kind of is like, mm, maybe not that one because right. <laughs> it's sort of, that's what happens behind the scenes too, is you may think it's interesting. It just may not be right now, but you're kind of burning a bridge if you just keep going sort of hard at it. Um, well, yeah. That's because you've taken the person out of your follow-up. Like you're no longer following up with someone who has a life and who has pain points and who's got, you know, in the middle of growing a business, you're following up with a deal, with a lead. You're following up with right. a closed sale. Um, and as soon as you're doing that, 
you've you've lost all like the ability or or just you've lost that humanity, right? Like I care about what's going on in your life. And it's hard to do that at scale. Like I get it. It's hard to know what's when you're trying to like scale up and you're doing a lot of growth. It's hard to do that at a scaled aspect, but there's there are people who are doing it well and there is a good balance there. So um, you know, just spamming a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of times obviously not a great way, but like finding a good balance for you is going to work, I think, because you're going to come off more yeah. personable. Yeah. And I, I would say, I don't, I don't know where it goes wrong, but if I was just to look at my inbox, it just feels like there are people that do it well. And then there's, then there's ones that are really trying to spray and pray, right? Like it's, yeah. and those are the ones where you, it you read the email and it feels automated and, or you see almost like the, the almost embarrassing part for them is when they're citing, oh, we do this for some of your competitors and it's not who our competitors are. So it's actually right. like you're trying, they're trying to be personalized. I've had ones where they get our name wrong or they get oh, other gosh. stuff. So it's sort of like, it's in the domain, it's in the referralrock.com. And I think I've been called like referral rocket many times. So it's in someone's like- bad database <laughs> and oh, like yeah. it's auto merge tagged inserted. So it's, and what's it, those are just like the, like, I see you're trying to be personal, but if it's actually better if you don't, because you're wrong or, yeah, uh, you're so, wrong. so, so it's just like right. the e- immediate foot off the back, uh, like a uh, response is, is something like that. So exactly. Um, yeah. I saw a cold email, um, a couple of days ago that goes against everything they tell you to do in cold email. Um, it started off like, Hey, so-and-so. Uh, hope you're having a great day. I'm having a really wonderful day. This is what I'm doing. Uh, we're going to the fair tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing this as well. Like he mentioned his business, mentioned like how it was going to work out, but he started off the email talking about himself and personally though, not like mm-hmm. this is what we do and this is my product. It was like, I'm about to go to the state fair and it's going to be amazing. And then the follow-up email was like, Hey, I hope you had a good weekend. I did. My parents came to town and we went to a baseball game. And I mean, I was like, that goes against everything they've ever told you to do, but I like it. Like I like the tone of that email. It was a cold email. Um, I don't, you know, I asked, it was my client. I said, Hey, did you follow up yet? Cause if you didn't, I want to see where this flow goes. I want you to keep kind of seeing how many times they'll email you what the, what the process looks like. And he's like, no, I'm going to see how it plays out too. Um, really, but that's kind of the thing. Like if you're following the playbook, like you said, if you're using the same, which we've talked about playbooks in the past as well, if you're following someone else's playbook and if you're using the same headline or subject line, everybody else is the same lists, everybody else is, you're going to look and sound like everyone else in my inbox rather than kind of being a little different, a little off the wall. That, that's probably a good way to do, you know, a cold follow up as well. Be a little different. Right. right. I, I think the challenge might just be, and I don't know where, it just feels like any of these, you know, there's, there's founders and marketing teams and sales teams that obviously either they're getting pressured to grow for yeah. whatever reasons, or they're struggling and that's fine. And I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and, but what happens is they're, you know, either hiring, you know, cheap agencies that are outreaching to them that's saying, Hey, I can do your outreach for you and all these mm-hmm. types of things. And, and they're just, they're looking for that like silver bullet. And if you probably talk to the founder or talk to any of the people that really understand like relationships and understand the business and 
you know, honestly probably tried to delegate them, like delegate this stuff to someone else. And then someone else is delegating. And so it's like a phone tree, right? And yeah. Where if they probably like read the emails that are being sent by their company, they'd probably be embarrassed. And almost like the ones that are probably doing this well are ones that have done it. Like I bet you that mm-hmm. a someone that got brought up in, as an effective SDR that became a great you know, salesperson and is then now a co-founder of a company, like yeah. I bet that theirs are awesome, right? Or that they have a senior member on the team that has done it before and is not just being like, oh, I used to work in product, but now we got to do this outbound thing. So I'm just going to hire an agency or like we're going to hire a couple SDRs and take from whatever they learned from their other company and run that playbook. And the reality is mm-hmm. like those SDRs don't like they were just doing that and, and executing on the playbook from their previous company. So um, I think a lot of it comes from like the growth pains or the needs to to do these things and then looking for that, you know, silver bullet. So, yeah. Yeah. And when you get paid by volume, you know, how many cold calls you send, how many emails you send, like, of course you're, you're not going to sit there and waste time getting to know like your ICP, getting to know like, Oh, are, is this a D2C company, a B2B? What size is their company? What is their direct offering? Did I get their name right? Does their, you know, the, is it referral rocket? No, it's referral. Right. Okay. Let's fix that. Um, you know, and that's where that comes from. So really it, it is, it's a strategic issue at the founder level. Like you've got to make sure that if that is the approach that you're doing it thoughtfully and well. Um, and like consultants too, like just being the act of being a consultant and trying to figure out new ways to get my stuff out there. Um, you know, it's just me. I'm not necessarily gonna have a whole huge team, but there's a lot of influences on and everybody's got the best way to do it. And sometimes you're like, well, maybe I do have to go outside of my comfort zone and try a different approach. Um, but with maturity and kind of experiences taught me, like I can learn different techniques, but I always need to stay true to who I am and who I am is not going to be like sending 15 cold follow-up emails, pitching you right. a $10,000 service. Like that's just not going to be what I do. So right. always focus on- you found on- your way, right? Yeah. So like oh. your natural way was actually almost more self-deprecating and didn't think <laughs> we actually had uh, something going there. So yeah, and I think that, I mean- we talked about the imposter syndrome, but that is obviously a whole nother episode is how our internal stories impact our work. Cause that was an internal story I told myself that obviously mm-hmm. wasn't true. Looking back now, five years later, we're like, Oh, I've had a followed up a month later. We could have been, you know, client clientele relationship. Everything could be different, but here we are now. That's our origin story. <laughs> and we've learned a lot of good lessons. Um, I'm curious though, if anybody's listening, like what is your approach to following up? Is there a better method? Like if anyone has a really good framework, I love frameworks, like I just said, but I want to, you know, be able to mold and shift them into myself. But I'd love to know what what's a good follow-up framework that that you use if you're listening and tell us on Substack. We've got comments and chat open. So we're we're interested to know. Yep. You can go, I think we moved our domain now, so it can be just, you can go to marketingretro.com, which is like subs, uh, we're using Substack, but you can do comments and all kinds of things in there. So definitely interested to hear what people think. Yeah. I'm always, oh, this is something that I'm not strong in. And so I'm definitely looking to learn. So please share, let us know. Awesome. All right. Bye, Adrian. Bye, Josh.